Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Unnamed Sports Show. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm joined by my co-host, Jason and Jerry. What's up, fellas? What it do? What, what is up? Do? What is up? What's going on, guys? Uh, just getting ready for Super Wild Card Weekend coming up this weekend and both of you guys are coming into columbus well jason you live in columbus i'm right here probably i shouldn't say where we we don't know where we live it could columbus, be columbus georgia georgia <laughs> um, but uh don't before we get into the show uh, don't forget to like and subscribe follow us on our uh social media at unnamed sports s we're on tiktok instagram uh x formerly known as twitter and again, uh, after this show, if you got to go away, come back, whatever. If you want the full show to be uploaded on YouTube and wherever you find your podcast, uh, again, please leave us a like, a review. Let us know how we're doing, and we appreciate the audience. But let's jump right in, folks. What a crazy week 18. Lots of highs, lots of lows. So Just many lows. <laughs> a lot of lows. It's a lot of lows. All three of our teams lost this weekend, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, but uh, only one mattered. All right? <laughs> only one mattered. And do you mind if I, if, I, if I take the floor and do my little rant? Do you want to do it now or do you want to do it in chronological Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to Build up to it. Build up to it. <clears throat> I'm going to give you some extra ammunition because I'm going to start with Jerry. and You can do the second game. But uh, starting off oh, on Saturday. <laughs> oh, I get... To recap, and, uh, the crazy not, week 18 where half the games mattered, half the games didn't. Starting off on Saturday, Saturday with one that did end up mattering. We had the Steelers take on the Ravens. A battle of Mason Rudolph versus Tyler Huntley. It's uh, a battle for the ages. Now, it was, it was traditional... AFC North football, the weather was bad, a lot of running, not very uh, very sloppy game overall. Steelers end up on top 17-10. Jerry, what did you take away from that game, uh, uh, that very first for the week, uh, week 18? Yeah, I mean, only takeaway from the game really is that the Steelers are limping into the playoffs. They beat a, they beat a Ravens <laughs> team that pretty much played zero starters, uh, barely beat them you know, by one score. I mean, they're gonna have a tough week coming up, but yeah, they're in the playoffs. That's about that's all about all I got. So Mike but Tomlin rolled out his his voodoo magic that they went above five hundred and they went ten and seven, and they backdoor slid into the playoffs. Pretty absurd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the Steelers are in, and and to be fair, to be to fair. Be fair. To be fair. The Steelers are the last team that anybody in the AFC North wants to see uh, because for whatever reason, the Steelers just, they're undefeated in the AFC North this year. They are six. They went six and zero in the division. Now, part of that was against uh, a Ravens team with, a, with Tyler Huntley and against um, Jake Browning twice. Yeah. But it was still six and zero, and one they of them was still... against a Deshaun Watson, yeah. Nick Chubb having Browns team. So, I mean, this is a team that that now that they're in the playoffs, if they can find a way to win the first round, they will be playing uh, the Ravens, and hey, anything can happen. They beat a fully beat staffed them. Ravens team earlier in the year too. Now, yeah. without T.J. Watt, they could have some issues. Mm-hmm. We'll see how and long we'll it get takes into him that. to get back. But yeah. yeah, we'll get into that later. But having said that, uh, 
it's not a team that as a Cleveland Browns fan, I wanted to see in the postseason. Moving on to the next game, the exciting game, really the first round of the playoffs for both of these teams because it was a true win and end, and little did they know win and win the division game. Jason, what did you see in the Texans-Colts game and the eventual AFC South champions? Pain. <laughs> so much pain. Okay. Anyways, uh, what I really saw from that game, though, is a C.J. Stroud that is here to stay. Um, I think he stepped up to the plate when he needed to and uh, ended up winning the game for them. Um, the Texans are a solid team. They do have, obviously, some rough patches here and there, but very young, um, all around. Rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, defense, probably defensive rookie of the year as well. And then all those guys playing lights out, um, giving it their best effort to win the game. It was an interesting game to watch. That very first play from the Texans offense being a 75-yard bomb on Nico Collins yeah. was yeah. freaking ridiculous. Pretty awesome. Also, Crazy. Ohio State to Michigan, kind of gross, too. <laughs> Disgusting. Come on, CJ, what are we doing? But it's actually kind of funny. CJ was talking about it. Nico Collins never beat Ohio State, and CJ has never yeah, beat never. Michigan. Yeah. And now they're throwing the ball to each other. So was was Collins there when Denzel Ward was there? I believe so, yeah. I think I think it was like on his way out. Like way out, he was coming in. Was yeah. Interesting. Just curious about this upcoming matchup. Anyway, moving on. Buccaneers, Panthers. Weird game. Buccaneers win 9-0. Panthers shut out two weeks in a row, and they will end the season not having scored for the entire last month of the of the season, which is pretty absurd. I don't think Tepper's throwing drinks on anyone anymore, but the the Buccaneers looked relatively sluggish on offense. Their defense looked great. The one play the Panthers did have, the should have been pro bowler Antoine Winfield knocked the ball out of the, out of uh, DJ Chark's hands for recovery by the Buccaneers. What a play by him to really potentially save the game. Mm -hmm. And Baker Mayfield, Takes the Buccaneers nine and eight, takes them to a, a AFC South or I'm sorry NFC South championship as well as a, a playoff appearance. And who knows what can happen now that you're in the dance? You have a lot of players on that team who have won a Super Bowl, so you yep. never know what could happen. It'll be interesting to watch. Browns Bengals that game meant nothing. It was the Bengals against the Browns third stringers really because everyone uh, that's a second stringer or first stringer is injured, and our second stringers were being uh, we're sitting as our fifth starting quarterback, so that game doesn't matter. Another game didn't matter, Vikings-Lions. Lions beat the Vikings 30-20. to It mattered in the sense that the Vikings could have potentially backdoored their way with a couple losses, but at the end of the day, the Lions had their seed locked in as long as the Cowboys. It, it, I really don't want to focus too much on that game. It wasn't right. that important. If either of you have anything you want to jump in and say, nope. I mean, but it nope. was kind of one of those, like, yeah. yep, the Lions won. Jets Patriots. This one actually was somewhat important in that it's potentially Bill Belichick's last game as a uh, uh, New England Patriot head coach. <clears throat> Jerry, what did you make of this game? And I mean, it's seventeen three. It was in the snow. It oh, was. Okay. It sure. was again two teams that aren't going to be talked about until the off season again, but. May have been one of the greatest coaches of all times. Last stop with the Patriots. What'd you see? Yeah, I mean, we talked about, you know, Brady leaving. That's the end of the dynasty with the Patriots. I think if Belichick 
truly leaves or gets fired, you know, whatever happens, that is truly the end of the dynasty for the Patriots. It is no more. They'll be, you know, they got the third pick coming up in the draft. They'll be starting fresh, probably looking to trade up to maybe get Caleb Williams. If not, probably take Drake May, uh, the second spot, but they're going to have to trade up either way. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a hell of a run by Belichick. I wouldn't be surprised to see him land on his feet somewhere else, maybe with the commanders or the chargers. Um, I right, pick one. Who's where's yeah. he going next? Chargers. Unfortunately, I'm going to have Andy Reed and Bill Belichick in my division and have to play against both of them twice per year, but lovely. Give it the chargers. Jason, where's he going? Uh, Jason can't hear you. Yeah, you're you're muted, bud. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um yeah, Chargers, definitely the Chargers. He's gonna be the GM and the head coach there. So that, that you think they're me. gonna give him another GM spot? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the only way he accepts the job, I think, in my opinion. Really? I, I don't know that- if he deserves it. But uh, I would I would say there's a reason you got fired from the Patriots, and it's because you couldn't put together a roster, not because you can't coach. That's fair. Yeah. I I yeah. do I do understand what you're saying. I just I I don't think that guy is going anywhere without having the promise of being the GM for a, a team as well. My only curveball to that would be that the. Would the Chargers rather hire a GM to come in with Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick to come be GM coach? I think that another team is going to get Jim Harbaugh, in my opinion. Here's the here's the biggest thing. Here's the biggest thing. The Chargers are the most enticing job though. When you say the Chargers is the most enticing job in the entire coaching wise, but here's the issue with the uh, I don't Falcons, think Falcons. I think the Falcons is up there too. Falcons. That's what. I, let me speak. <laughs> let me speak. <laughs> the Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers have the best players on their team. Correct. Yes, but to be a GM and have to go into this team and fix that cap room, that's going to be a terrible job. That's absolutely not going to be fun. So I think you give. Bill Belichick, the GM role to draft his own players, but you accounting-wise, there's someone else crunching numbers and stuff. I don't think Bill Belichick is necessarily going to be the guy for that, right? Um, so you have someone else, an executive or just someone, an accountant, whoever is handling the money side of it. I don't think a normal GM wants to go in there and handle that situation where the Falcons have more cap room, the Raiders have a little bit more cap room, and, uh, yeah, they need a quarterback probably in each situation. But there's still young players that are on that team that are willing to play well or will play well for you. My only contention with that is I have a hard time looking at a team like the Chargers and going they're not ready to win now. I mean, they have a top-10 quarterback, a top-10 running back, a decent offensive line, a good defensive line. They got players playmakers everywhere if you bring in someone that knows what they're doing coaching i don't see why they couldn't make a run at the afc west so if you bring in someone like jim harbaugh who is a good coach unfortunately it's gross coming out of my mouth but he is a good coach and we'll talk about him maybe a little bit i don't know if we're talking college football at all today but we probably should at least for a second yeah 
Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, he he is a very good coach, and he's someone that can turn a program around. And if you have the players, I mean, why not? I don't know. That that's my that would yeah. be my only contention. I mean, but, on paper, um, the Chargers have one of the best rosters in the NFL. Like, yeah. they are loaded, but they right. just can't put it together because of coaching. So, we'll see what happens. I think it's a lot of coaching and injuries as well. So we'll see how that goes. We will. Moving on, Saints Falcons, a game that had some interesting, uh, an interesting ending. It was tied 17-17 at halftime. Game ends 48-17 Saints. Saints barely missed the playoffs simply because the Packers won. Had the pa- well, I guess the Seahawks would have had to lose too. Mm-hmm. So two teams would have had to lose for the Saints to make it in. Or the Buccaneers lose and they would have won the division, but inevitably that didn't end up happening. Uh, into the game, Saints are in victory formation and Jameis Winston in the huddle, and the rest of the oh, team oh. decide to audible to give Jamal Williams a touchdown to run up the score with no time left on the clock. Artie Smith comes out cussing him out. Jerry, what'd you make of that entire situation? And what do you think the Saints like? I'll pose this question to you. Does that show a little bit of lack of control of your locker room if your players are overriding your decision at the end of a game and handing it off? Oh, absolutely. Or is it just one of those situations where Jameis Winston made a decision and, you know, whatever, it's not a big deal? What do no, you think? No, I, uh, I, no, I, I think, um, he's definitely lost control of that locker room if, if players are doing that. Um, Clearly, it's a sign of respect at the end of a game when you come out in victory formation. You know, you need the ball. It's game over, whatever. Um, I understand why the players did it, uh, and I don't necessarily disagree with the team, you know, making the decision to give a touchdown to Jamal Williams, but shouldn't have done it in victory formation, and their coach has got to put a lock on that locker room and they, he's got to get a hold of it because that is absolutely ridiculous um if your team is kind of going against what you're saying um i i honestly thought he was going to be fired <laughs> yesterday two days ago i'm surprised he hasn't been yet but because uh, yeah. of that no just because I, I just don't think he's a good coach I don't think he utilizes his players correctly their offense has had ebbs and flows all season long they've it's just one of the most boring teams to watch all season long. No energy whatsoever. Um, I just I don't think he's a good coach, and clearly, you know, he can't even win the NFC South, <laughs> the worst division in football. Um, the worst. The playoffs. I they missed the playoffs last year. Yeah, two years, three years in a row. So it's mm-hmm. he's just not a good coach. He needs out of there. They need uh, they need something else, and they need to start James Winston. Damn it, get Derek Carr out of there. He's he sucks. I mean- <laughs> Jameis Winston's calling his own plays on Neil out. So I don't know if that's what running your team, but he is more entertaining. That is for sure. Moving on next game, Jason, I give you the floor. Titans (laughs) win 28, 20. And I just want you to just go ahead and and say what you have to say. Uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. Burn the Jersey live on stream. Uh. right now. You give me $200 for it, I'll do it. All right. Um, What I would like to say is, sorry, Derek Henry. I forgot. I hadn't watched your highlight tape in a while. Forgot you were my dad. (laughs) Forgot you were this team's dad. Father, I'm sorry. All right. Please leave. Never, Never come back to Tennessee. 
I'm tired of that, man. Well, that's too dang bad, Grandpa. Anyways. Tired of that, man. Stiff arming my team. All the way to infinity. Trucking everybody. Running for 59 yards. Breaking every play. Like, can we tackle? We spent how many picks on linebackers? We pick up Rashawn Jenkins' safety. We, we, we go, we get some defensive tackles. Can someone tackle the man? Please. I'm begging. I'm not begging anymore because he's gone, but like, for the love of everything, like, it should not be that hard. Watch he goes plays for the Texans. He's going to go play for the Eagles. Please get out of my division. Get out of my conference. Just get out of the AFC totally. Please. play for the Texans. We actually play the Eagles. Amazing. We actually play the Eagles next year. The two, oh, the no. two teams that actually, I'm pretty sure we play the Bears too. So like the two teams that he could join, I'm probably going to play him next year, anyways. Oh no. <sighs> All right. The game. Other than just getting humiliated for the umpteen time by Derrick Henry, I, I don't want to blame Trevor Lawrence because I think too many people scapegoat him for the season. Um, I, I watched a two-minute highlight of drop touchdown passes. For, a two-minute highlight of drop touchdown passes from my receivers. That can't happen. Like <laughs> You shouldn't have a highlight. You shouldn't have a mixtape for drop touchdown passes. That's longer than hopefully 30 seconds. If it's two minutes long, we got a problem elsewhere as well. Yeah, so, I think maybe the Chiefs might be the only team that have you beat. Yeah. Drop touchdown yeah. Passes. Probably a five-minute highlight. But yeah, go ahead. yeah. Quick question on that specifically. That pass on, I want to say it was a second down, second or third down to Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Uh, is that Calvin Ridley or is that Trevor Lawrence? I think that's Calvin Ridley. In my opinion, that's positioning and locating the ball in the air. Like, um, yes, could have been a better throw. Absolutely. Is he a, is Calvin Ridley pro enough to make that catch? A thousand percent. Like he should, he should be able to locate the ball in the air faster and get to that ball. Um, now, Another big thing, other than Trevor Lawrence, is by God, that offensive line is atrocious. Our center is easily the worst center in the league. Starting, bench, whatever. Easily. I've seen that man get... So, one thing I will say about Trevor Lawrence in that game, he called his own play. Supposedly, he didn't tell anyone else. So... Our left guard is pulling for a QB jump over the pile. There's no reason for a left guard to be pulling on that play. Zero reason. It should all be fire out everyone low chop block um, and him just jumping over everyone. Center gets pushed back five yards. Left guard is pulling. Blown up. Cradle position. Jeffrey Simmons is a guy, okay, but you have to be able to snap the ball and at least hold your ground. Okay, you don't get yards, fine. We can work with that. He jumps over, we're fine. Trevor Lawrence is like legs five feet behind him, trying to jump over the ball because the center's in his fucking <laughs> words, in his lap. In his lap after the snap of the ball. It's, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. Like, What's I. Your profanity. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> My grandma's watching this. 
Sorry, Grandma. Please watch out. I stopped. I stopped. I stopped. No, I didn't say it. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. Hey. Check the tape. Check the tape. <laughs> Too bad. Look. We can't. Continue. Uh, sh- our center should not be in our quarterback's lap at the, after the snap of the ball. Our left guard should not be pulling on a QB, whatever you want to call that play, Superman play. Right guard, Sharif, it's time to hang him up, brother. It's time to hang it up, brother. It ain't the same. Tackles, we can work with. I don't like Cam Robinson that much. I think Anton Harrison has improved throughout the year and is willing and is going to be a good piece for us. We got a lot to work on, on the front five. Fix that. You can bring Calvin Ridley back. Don't bring Calvin Ridley back, honestly. It wasn't worth the money. Compared to... Calvin Ridley is worth the money. What Christian Kirk brings for the team is the exact same thing that Calvin Ridley brings. I don't think we need the same player twice. You bring back Josh Allen. You re-sign, give an extension to Trevor Lawrence, and you fix your offensive line, and we have a playoff team again, and we are competing for the Super Bowl. We need to figure out. They fired our defensive coordinator. I don't know if it's really his fault. I think, personally, it's Trent Baalke's fault. Some things he does is great. Some things he does is just it doesn't make sense. You need to prepare for injuries. You need to prepare your team for depth. You need to have depth. Look at the Browns. Look at every team that has injuries You have and plays well. You have to prepare for depth. And we're just not there. We're not there. At the moment, but there's always next year. There's always next year. Jerry's singing the same tune yeah. about his Broncos. But Ryan, I would like to pose a hypothetical question to you just real quick. Yeah. Do you think it's more embarrassing to miss the playoffs because you lose to a division rival in a terrible game or get bounced in the first round at home against a team that's playing their second and third strings because they're all injured? I think it's more embarrassing. I think it's. I think what the Jags did is more embarrassing than if the Texans lose. That is the incorrect answer. The correct answer. The correct answer is it's more embarrassing to have your quarterback be so mid that you guys can't even make the playoffs, and you guys are going to move to London and become the London Jaguars. I just said that was. That was an option. I answered (laughs) the question. What a dumbly posed question. (laughs) It is more embarrassing that the Jags lost to the Titans than it is if the Cleveland Browns bounced the Texans in the first round. Thank you. Wait. (laughs) Why am I saying thank you to that? (laughs) But it's true. It is true. You lost to a five-win team in the Titans. Okay, they just fired their head coach. Look, 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 look. Hey, they looked. They looked. Final score, 28-20. They lost. All right, just see me at Ryan's house chugging all the Hennessy bottles I can, all right? This is a family-friendly show. We don't talk about alcohol consumption. You must be 21 years or older. All right. We spent a lot of time talking about the Jags who have literally no future for the next couple of weeks. So I don't know why we've, we, we've, uh, I'm just kidding, Jason. But, uh, uh, I know, just pain. Just pain. Um, moving on. I am sorry about your Jaguars. It does. 
<laughs> Dang. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> what a wild turn of events, the Jaguars losing, because that ensured that the Bills and the Steelers made it. Now, the Bills ended up winning, which means that they would have made it anyway. But uh, we knew after that game, after the one o'clock slate, what the entire picture of the AFC was, just not who, what the whole seating was going to be. But let's move on back to the NFC. Seahawks beat the Cardinals in a game that ended up meaning nothing. I think the only thing that you really take away from this game is that the Cardinals have looked much better during the back half of the season. I think Jonathan Gannon is a pretty decent head coach, even though he does not know how to hype up his players and he's extremely awkward. I think he's a very good coach and I think it just shows how much better a team can be when you have a dynamic quarterback like Kyler Murray back there mm-hmm. as opposed to people like uh, Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon. Uh, the next game Bears Packers this game did end up meeting a good amount Packers beat the Bears 17-9 Packers have not lost to the Bears under Matt LaFleur's tenure as head coach uh, Jerry quickly here so we can finish up our recap at least you know try to get done in 30 minutes uh what did you take away from this game packers earn their way into the playoffs with the win over the bears tell them to bring me my money because i got this one right last week i called packers beating the bears they beat them every year the packers are the bears daddies something i just realized references on this show today i mean they are Whatever. But sometimes I just realized today I was looking at some stats. Jordan Love is like top five in passing yards this year. He's having yep. one heck of a year. Um, yeah, and he's like number two in passing touchdowns. Yeah, I, I, did, I knew he was playing well. I didn't realize he was playing that well. Uh, I mean, the Bears decided that they're keeping Eberflus. I'm really shocked by it. They they fired pretty much everybody else. Why wouldn't you send the coach along with them? Kind of start fresh. Be interesting to see what they do in the draft with uh, with Caleb Williams and that number one pick that they got from the Panthers. To see if they keep Justin Fields. Packers, Packers are dangerous. Their offense is dangerous. Their defense is not. <laughs> Their defense is not. They did put the clamps on the Bears this weekend. Um, they got a tough matchup coming up. We'll see what happens on uh, on Sunday. Uh, next game. Well, and just to finish up the recap there, I think the bears had a a golden opportunity for Justin Fields to earn his starting spot for next year by beating the division rival. And he looked very mediocre in that game, unfortunately against the defense that let Baker Mayfield be the only opposing quarterback in, in, in history to have a perfect pass rating at Lambeau field. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that's how bad that defense and throw for nearly 400 yards. That's how bad that defense is. So unfortunately I think Justin Fields is out for as much as we are fans of him next game, chiefs chargers game meant literally nothing. The chiefs were locked in at the three seed and they played their backups and the chargers have a guy named Easton stick, whatever that is starting at quarterback. Uh, chiefs end up winning by one. Not much on that game. Again, another game that means nothing except for a touch of momentum for the Raiders going into next year. And the, I would imagine, confirmation that he's getting, that uh, Pierce is getting hired as the head coach. Is that correct? Have that been confirmed or not? No, and he's getting nope. offers from other teams too. Yeah, so, he should be. Yeah, 100%. he should be. And he wants to be in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I agree. 
Bron- uh, Jerry, I'm sorry, I know I'm going back to you back to back times, but what do you think of the Broncos real quick at the at the end of the uh, end of the season here to finish up? Yeah, I mean, season season was over when we benched Russ. Uh, we all kind of knew that. Um, unfortunately, I mean, we did have a chance to make the playoffs at the time, but it ended up not mattering because Chiefs went out and then the uh, the Steelers and Bills both went out. So it didn't matter. Um, I mean, in the end, it's better that we lost, better draft position. Maybe we can trade up, get somebody. I'm hoping Michael Penix or Jane Daniels. I'll take Bo Nix. I'll take Justin Fields if the Bears want to let him go. But... That'd be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, looking forward to next season. Uh Eagles lose to the Giants. What? Eagles have just have been one in, they started out ten and one. They finished one and five. They have been on a steep and steady decline. Jason, Eagles, what is happening? Teams not playing together. I think I don't I think they're kind of lost. I mean, you see stuff about AJ Brown, you see stuff about the team not playing. Um, you see Jason Kelsey trying to do a team get together and trying to give motivation for the playoffs and, um, saying how short time is in the NFL. So, um, I just, I don't think they're motivated, um, as motivated as they were last year and as motivated as they were at the beginning of the season. Um, but playoff time, playoff money, a lot of stuff can happen in a week. Um, so we'll see. It'll be interesting to watch. They have what many would consider to be an easy first-round matchup in the Buccaneers. Uh, Something else of note, there are people in Philadelphia right now calling for Nick Sirianni's head, which I think is absurd considering they have won 11 games and they were in the Super Bowl last year. But to finish 1-5 and is pretty terrible. And to lose to the Giants and the Cardinals in that time span is also pretty terrible. Next up, it was Carson Wentz versus Sam Darnold, another game that nobody cared about. Position Seating positions were already set, and backups were playing. The only thing of note in this game, I believe, was Puka Nakua officially did set the all-rookie receiving record. What an accomplishment from a fifth-round pick. Um, real quick, both of you, what does this mean uh, for Puka and for uh, the Rams going forward? Go ahead, Go ahead Jerry. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's huge for Puka Nakua. He set the record for both receptions and yards, correct? It was both of them? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, absolutely incredible. Uh, one heck of a rookie season, especially from a fifth-round pick. Nobody expected it. Um, I know it helped that Cooper Cup went down early in the year, but when he came back, Puka Nakua was still cooking. He was still number one, cooking. The number one target. So. Yeah, so it, it's awesome, and I'm excited to watch him in the playoffs. Same. Same, Jason. What'd you make? Um, I make that it sucks that C.J. Stroud <laughs> had to be in this draft class as well because he did definitely deserves Rookie of the Year, yeah. but uh, I don't think he'll be able to get it. Unfortunately, it is. It's. I've seen people make arguments for both, and I think there are good arguments for both candidates. I think at the end of right. the day, though, if you're a quarterback that took a team that won three win three games last year to a division title, you are the uh, offensive rookie MVP moving on Cowboys solidify their two seed in home for most of the playoffs uh, with a 38 10 absolute butt whooping of the commanders a game that was never really much in question and a Cowboys team that when they play bad opponents or at home they seem to play very well but and now they've secured home field so they're going to be a tough out and then last 
<clears throat> but certainly not least, a game that decided who was going to be the two seed and who was going to be the six or seven seed. Uh, Jason, walk us through to, to round out week 18, what happened on Sunday night football between the Bills and the Dolphins. Definitely a lot. I would say I didn't see a lot of good things from the Dolphins. Um, offense didn't look explosive. Um, maybe it's because they're missing their two two key pieces with uh, Moser and um, Waddle, but you still have Tyreek Hill. You still have A-Kane. A-Chain. Um, and uh, you should be able to pull something together, but I couldn't. The the Bills defense stepped up for sure. Um, Josh Allen, I think, was a little bit more relaxed this game. Um, I mean, I think that the Bills are figuring out what type, what team they are still, and uh, they're playing better. So um, I I don't know what we'll see from the Dolphins. Hopefully, they get people back healthy, and you see more of an explosive offense. But if not, they're they're gonna have some issues in the playoffs. Yeah, I, it, it, the Dolphins who. Kind of similar to, I believe it was either last year or two years ago, start off again super hot and then cool off very quickly coming down the stretch. And I think it all has to do with the style of offense that they play Mm -hmm. and the flashiness from which they play with. On top of that, they've lost like four edge rushers. So, you know, I don't know how you're going to get pressure. And they got a tough matchup against the Chiefs coming up. So, I mean, they're... Unfortunately, a team that seems to be on the decline coming in. I will say the Bills for, I think there's a lot of previous year bias when it comes to people talking about the Bills. Because when I watch them play, they do not look like a top top tier, top tier team like they have previously. And I think this is one of the few years where every team seems to have a few flaws. But Josh Allen threw two F it someone's down there interceptions in the red zone. Like you play a team like you play a team like Baltimore and you mm-hmm. throw two red zone interceptions. You play a team like the 49ers. You play a team, even like the lions or the Browns and you throw two red zone interceptions, assuming that they themselves don't give the ball right back. You know, the, you aren't winning the game. So I just, uh, I have a tough time believing in a team where even still is just like a Josh Allen experience where it's either touchdown or interception. And this year seems to be even more so, but they seem to be running the ball a lot better. So who knows what will happen, but that'll end our recap for week 18. It only took us 36 minutes this time, but it was an exciting week of games with a lot of implications. And those implications can be shown in this next graphic, which is the official playoff picture let's take a look at the afc the ravens have the bye at the one seed the bills will host the steelers the chiefs will host the dolphins and the texans will host the browns and what's interesting too i've never seen this before but the games are actually going to be played the afc games will be played first and then the end on saturday and then early sunday and then sunday monday will be the nfc games so the, it'll start off with texans uh, Browns at Texans, followed by uh, Dolphins at Chiefs, exclusively on Peacock. Oh, Peacock, baby! So and then, 
Sunday at one o'clock opens with the Steelers and Bills. Steelers at Bills, and then it'll switch over to the NFC playoffs, which are pictured right here. The one seed with the bye, you have the 49ers. And then I believe first is the uh, Cowboys Packers. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Uh, the four o'clock window will be the Packers traveling to take on the Dallas Cowboys. The prime time game will be between, be between the Rams and the Lions. Matt Stafford comes home to Detroit for that game. Crazy storylines, and we'll get more into that later in the show. And then the Buccaneers on Monday night will host the, over the last six weeks, one and five, but overall 11 and six Eagles in Tampa. Uh, to round out soup wildcard weekend without getting into any of the matchups, which storyline Jerry most intriguing this weekend. It's gotta be Matt Stafford returning to Detroit. It's, I mean, the trade couldn't have worked out better for both teams. Obviously, Matt Stafford goes, he wins the Super Bowl with the Rams. Jared Goff's playing at a really high level with the Detroit Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown, they were able to get Jameer Gibbs in the draft. They look explosive, but Matt Stafford wants to play spoiler and get back to the Super Bowl, wants to win a second one. I can't wait for that matchup. Jason. While that one may be the most compelling, if let's assume that you actually don't think that's the most compelling, what is the most compelling storyline to you this weekend? That was mine. But <laughs> oh, we gotta be like the we we gotta be like the shows that you see where miraculously all four people have completely different uh, storylines and players. It's like, yeah, we all know who what the real well, answer that is. Yeah. Not live television. <laughs> Yes, I, um, I think we all can agree Matt Stafford going back is probably the most compelling storyline. What is the second most compelling storyline to you going into this weekend? You have Mike McCarthy and the Packers. You have Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs. You have Houston and Cleveland with the Deshaun know, Watson I, trade. Oh, There's a lot of good storylines this weekend. I would say scriptwriters got it right. They did good. They, did good. they messed with me, but they did good. <laughs> Like Mike only- McCarthy with the Packers going against the Packers, I think has to be your second. Um, old coach for the Packers goes in there, um, helps the Cowboys come into a playoff team, and hopefully we're not going to go see the same Cowboys that we normally see in the playoffs, and they step back up and uh, play well. Um, but I think Mike McCarthy going back to his home is probably your second most compelling. Compelling. I would have to, yeah, I think those are the two most compelling storylines from the weekend. I think the third and fourth with the Tyreek, uh, the only two games that don't have a crazy undercurrent storyline is the Buccaneers, Eagles, and the Steelers, Bills. Those two games are just, they're going to be good, hard fought, smash mouth football games, but I don't think they have these underlying current. I think between the other two, I may be a slightly biased, but I think the Browns Texans game holds just a little bit more considering the chiefs have already played the dolphins this year and they've already had that, uh, the, True. the revenge uh, game, although it was in London, it yeah. wasn't in Arrowhead. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that adds some. And then I think the Texans and Browns will also have played, having played already this year. You don't, quite have the same storyline as a playoff game between now if if Deshaun Watson was still it was our quarterback this would be the number, number two, two storyline oh, yeah. yeah. in the entire thing yeah but he's not it's Joe Flacco and even that in itself I think is compelling because 
the Browns are playing the Texans in the playoffs after a massive blockbuster trade, and it's not the guy that we traded for and paid $230 million to. So I think all of that makes for the super wildcard weekend to be a fun one. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Now, we might, we'll get into it, but next week there could be some good storylines too. There's some really good storylines. We'll get into it. Coming though. up. Yeah. Coming up. It's, it, it, it's, I, I don't know if it's just as you get older, you start to like remember, but this seems to me to be one of the most exciting playoff uh, just settings and, and just total overall like post seasons that I've ever been, that I remember. It, I mean, Part of it, obviously, Cleveland's in it, and Cleveland's not normally in it, so that adds to it. But I think the storylines and the the way that this year has gone just uh, adds to it. I think this year, the storylines, obviously, but this year feels wide open. This yeah. is the most the most parody in the league that I've seen in a long time, and it really feels like any any of these 14 teams could probably make a deep run in the playoffs. I would agree. I think the only ones that you could probably say won't are the Buccaneers and Steelers, maybe. But even saying that, it's like who knows? Yeah, because the, Buc- the Buccaneers the, have a home playoff game, and the Steelers are the Steelers. Like they always yeah, find and if a the way. Steelers can get past the Bills, they actually have a relatively light path to the not light, but they'll play teams. They could potentially play back to back teams that they've already played twice. You know, and so, beaten I mean, twice, and beaten right. twice, beaten four times. They can play teams that they've beaten a total four times to get to the Super Bowl, which not no other team in this can say that. So it, it's definitely every team has a shot, and it's pretty exciting. The Packers are getting wiped, but other than that, I would agree. <laughs> Most likely, their defense is just not going to be able exactly. to stop C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott. Yeah, but other than that, I would agree. I would agree with the statement. Starting with you, Jason, who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl this year? What is the matchup going to be? Your Super Bowl matchup is. Y'all better know who you better not say. Let me just say that right now. I'm going last and you better know who you better not say. Because oh, I'm good. That's my. You want to say it. Gotcha. Well, don't worry. You ain't got to worry about that because it ain't going to be them. It's going to be. I'm going to do the basic. I'm sorry. It's the basic one. It's the right one. If you look back, points for, points against, everything matches up with these two teams. Honestly, it's actually three teams. It's the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Ravens. Whoa. Can't have the Cowboys and the 49ers in it, so it's going to be the 49ers against the Ravens. Basically. I like it. I like it. That also matches what the logo for the Super Bowl is. So, mm-hmm. scriptwriters beware. Jerry, who's the Super Bowl going to be? Uh, I'm picking them just because they've caused me so much pain, and I know what they can do in the playoffs. Give Don't me the Chiefs. It. Give me the Chiefs oh, out of the AFC. They're going to find a way. They have a. Pr- I, I think it's a pretty easy game against the Dolphins. They're going to have. They're going to. They're going to wipe the Dolphins. Dolphins can't play in the cold. Um, then yeah, Chiefs are just gonna find a way. That's what Patty Mahomes does. Out of the NFC, give me the Dallas Cowboys. Give me the Dallas Cowboys. They it feels like it's finally the Cowboys year. They've had one heck of a year. This is the best regular season they've had in a long time. 
Dak Prescott was playing at an MVP level before the Bills game. I think he gets back on that train, and they have uh, they have a couple of home games in the playoffs. I think they can do it. Chiefs Cowboys. I like it. Good now, logo my, matchup, by the way. Yes, very good logo matchup. You know what also would be a good logo matchup? You know what would be? Listen, this isn't going to be the most. Uh, no one's going to pick this. That this is going to happen. Nobody is going to, you know, beat the horn that these two teams are going to make it to the Super Bowl. But it would be the most awesome Super Bowl of all time. The Cleveland Browns against the Detroit Lions. Give it to me. It is the year of destiny. Joe Flacco against Jared Goff. Who had that on their bingo card to start the year? No one. And it is going to be fantastic. And Cleveland in that in that matchup, I like Cleveland. So it, it, it'll be uh, it'll be. I just am so happy we're here. It's so exciting. And if we make it to the Super Bowl, you can bet your bottom dollar. I don't care how much the tickets cost. I'm going. You can oh, see yeah. me in Las Vegas. So, because yeah, who going. knows when they'll ever we're make all, it back. We're all going, dog. We're yeah, all going. So, yeah. yeah. You might take out loans to get tickets. So, uh, <laughs> put it on that company card. <laughs> yeah. Put, put it on that company card. Put it on that company card. Yeah. But, it, I'm so excited for these playoffs. We couldn't have started this podcast at a better time with more things to talk about and 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 how fun it's been so far. And you know, I, I just uh, I can't wait. I love Guys, playoffs. I'm so excited. What's what's fun? Listen, just because your team didn't make it doesn't mean it's not still fun. What's what's to be excited about? I wasn't finished. Jason, you can be a brand. That's what's to be excited about. But now it's time to debut our tied for longest reoccurring segment. We've changed it up a little bit. As there are now only 14 teams left to win a championship this year, we will only be displaying 14 teams. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about each one, what makes all of them good, what makes all of them what we think some of their weaknesses may be. And again, while the uh, aesthetic of the power rankings has changed ever so slightly, how the power rankings have been derived have not changed one bit. And we still have the correct, the accurate power rankings going into the first week of of the postseason into super wild card weekend and we're going to go ahead and lead it off with number 14 we have the pittsburgh steelers a very up and down season for the afc north team that backslid their way thanks to the jacksonville jaguars into the playoffs jerry what do you see being this team's biggest strength going into the playoffs we hinted and, and, and discussed it touched on it a little bit ago but what about the pittsburgh steelers should scare teams in the playoffs yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously, they've had a little bit of turmoil at quarterback this year. Uh, Kenny Pickett going down and then Mitch Trubisky sucking and then going down. And I got Mason Rudolph, who almost died to Miles Garrett a couple years ago by getting a helmet smashed in his face. He's actually not playing that bad. He's actually not playing that bad. Yeah, exactly. Live replay right there. No, he's not playing that bad. They're able to run the ball really well with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. And TJ Watt on that defensive line is an absolute monster. I really hope he can come back for the playoffs because he's just so exciting to watch. Um, I don't, I haven't seen anything on if he's been officially ruled out yet. Um, but man, if he if he's in there, 
their defense is going to be is going to be tough to deal with. They just find a way to grind out games and just end up winning in the end. That's what Mike Tomlin does. That's what he's done since he's been there. Hasn't had a losing record ever since he became the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dude's going to die on Heinz Field as the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, uh, Akashur Stadium. Now, uh, whatever. It's it's Heinz. It's Heinz Field. Uh, I'm pretty uh, sure no, the ketchup I, bottle's still there. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, no, I I can't agree with you more. We've seen this team twice. Uh, we've lost to the team once. We beat them once. And I think earlier I said they had beat the Browns twice, and that was a mistake. We did beat them. Uh, but I think – for 99% of people, T.J. Watt's injury is for sure they're not playing this week and probably not in the divisional round if they were to make it there. If there was anyone that could get on the field and have an impact and still be out there, it is someone with the last name Watt. Remember, J.J. Watt tore his pec, I believe. was it? Mm. I believe it was a torn pec uh, in one of his last seasons in the NFL, and it was, you're done for the season, and he made it back for the playoffs. And it was an incredible feat. So that family's got some interesting genetics and blood who knows what could happen but a little bit on the flip side of that jason what do you see as a weakness of the pittsburgh steelers in this playoff run consistency on offense they uh you can see explosive plays from george pickens one week the next week he doesn't even get a target so um <laughs> there's no consistency in this offense um you hope that they can no, you actually don't hope that they can get it together because I hate the Steelers. But um, <laughs> <laughs> they have two running backs that they can give the ball to. Um, who Who's going to be the guy that they give the most targets to? Who's going to step it up? Um, you just worry about that. I mean, Deontay Johnson has a drop catch that he literally gives the ball to the defender and they get an interception from. So I've seen the 70-yard bomb to Pickens. I've seen the wide receiver literally hand the ball to the defender. So um, no consistency on offense is what I say is their biggest weakest weakness as of now. Yeah, and again, with someone like Mason Rudolph, who has been great for the few weeks that he's started, will he be able to continue that sort of consistency and, and, and keep it up in the playoffs? And I honestly, we obviously don't think so. This is why they came in at the 14th-ranked team. Coming in at 13. The Green Bay Packers, kind of the two blue bloods that are in this that have had success. Don't get me wrong. We got some other blue bloods like the Cleveland Browns up at the top. But but some of the, the historic franchises here at the bottom, the Green Bay Packers come in at 13. Jason, what about the Green Bay Packers is scary for other teams that might be playing them here in the playoffs? Explosive offense opposite of the opposite of the, the, the exact opposite <laughs> literally the exact opposite they have very good offense their quarterback is secure in his position um, we know he can play well um, their wide receivers have taken the step forward i wouldn't i would i think dobbs is not going to play this week i believe but they still have Jaden reed who uh has a had a pretty solid year so far very, again, kind of uh, emulating the previous team we discussed. What about the Packers? I mean, again, we could just say the opposite. But I think I know what you're going to say, but what about the Packers is a glaring weakness that the Cowboys might exploit? 
Yeah, I mean, we touched on it earlier. It's their secondary. It's their defense. They can't stop anybody. Uh, you alluded to it earlier. They let Baker Mayfield go for a perfect passer rating and almost 400 yards in Lambeau. And then the week after, Bryce Young goes for 312 and two tutties. You know, they almost lose to the freaking Carolina Panthers. What do you think Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb is going to do to this team? CeeDee Lamb. You're telling me won- there's a difference between <laughs> Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb versus Bryce Young and Adam Thielen? One team had two wins and the other has a lost all year long at home. So there you go. There's your difference. Fair enough. I, I, I'd agree. It'd be interesting. They're the youngest team to ever make the playoffs. The average, the median age is 25, meaning we're all older than the median age, median age of the green Bay Packers, which is pretty absurd and very impressive. And you wonder, how do they keep getting away with this? It seems that they have another quarterback that they're going to have for a long time. God, can't this franchise just suck for once? Why can't you be like us? But, oh well. Moving on, number 12, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, team that finished 1-5 and five coming down the stretch. A team that started off, you know, former Super Bowl runner-ups, former NFC champions from last year, started out 11 and 10 and one, I apologize. And then had a very, very rough end of the year. Jerry, what about the Eagles is, I I know it's hard to talk about a lot of positives right now, but what about them? Do you think, can they, can they put together? Can they figure out during this playoff run to make a deep playoff run? Yeah. One thing, um, one thing I've noticed about the Eagles, even through their, their lows to the past couple of weeks, if Deandre Swift is healthy, they do run the ball really well. They do a great job of keeping the ball on the ground. Um, and that kind of opens up the offense a little bit. They keep the ball on the ground, you know, first and second down. DeAndre Swift can easily get you four to five yards. And then obviously you get to third and one, fourth and one, you know the tush push is coming. It has a 95% success rate. But it opens up the offense for explosive plays with Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, which they've exploited a few times. And, you know, when the defense has to stack seven or eight guys in the box to stop DeAndre Swift. Devontae Smith is going to get open. He is that good. He, you know, former Heisman Trophy winner. He did, he did it against Tough Borland at Ohio State. He can do it against these defenses. The he's done it all season long, and for some reason they've kind of gotten away from it. It, it. I don't know what's wrong with the Eagles, but if they can get back to that game plan, that's what I think is one of their strong suits, and uh, you know, should be a key to success for them to win their uh, to win their playoff game. What about weaknesses, Jason? What about this team? I know you could probably say a lot right now coming down the stretch, but if you had to boil it down to a couple points, what about the Eagles is like massive glaring hole? Same thing with the Packers. That secondary is atrocious. There's injuries here and there, but I mean, they cannot cover the anything right now. So, uh if the if How do they figure it out? I don't know. Um <laughs> But they got to do something on defense. I mean, also, I mean, it's linebackers as well. The flow of the defense, um, not good. Yeah, they picked up Darius Leonard, but he's not looking like his old self with the Colts as an all-pro player. Um, so they, they have a couple weaknesses, I would say, then they're back, they're back half of the defense. Yeah. I, I think that they're going to be an interesting team to watch. And they actually will be playing the next team on the list. At number 11, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And to kind of speed up here, I'll kind of speed run this one. I think the weaknesses for Tampa Bay going into this are is going to be the consistency on the offense. Now, Baker Mayfield has shown that he can – 
make some really significant plays. If you watch that Saints game, he didn't look great for good portions of it. But when it came down to it in the fourth quarter, he made actually some really impressive big boy throws. And mm-hmm. his team quite literally fumbled the game away for him. <laughs> you know, it, I think if you if you doubt Baker Mayfield to make a playoff run, he is going to make a playoff run. If you think Tampa Bay, if if the media, if the world thinks that Baker is going to beat the Eagles and go on a deep playoff run, he will lose by 20. And that is just how Baker Mayfield operates. I think offensively, he's got weapons all over that outside. I think actually one of their weaknesses ends up being their offensive coordinator who feels insistent on running the ball 30 times a game, no matter what, even if they're averaging 2.5 yards per carry. Now, if they can find a way to have some success like they did in the last few weeks in the run game, I think that really helps Baker opens up the play action game, which is his strong suit. But, uh, I think the only way a team like the Buccaneers makes a playoff run is if Baker elevates his game and can get the ball spread around to the outside to his weapons and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, who quietly, for whatever reason, seems to always be quietly, had another 1,000-yard season and another Pro Bowl nod. So it'll be interesting to watch. I think Tampa Bay is definitely a team to watch out for. Coming in at number 10, you have the four-seed AFC South champions. The Houston Texans. Jerry, what about this team is, do you think allows them to put on a deep playoff run here? And and just to say we're, we're lasting a little bit long here, so let's maybe speed up a little bit here, try to get through to the top teams here. But what about Houston is extremely impressed you this year and uh, allows them to have that deep playoff run? Yeah, I think I think with Houston, you kind of look at it in a different direction in that they don't necessarily have to make a deep playoff run, right? This season's already a success. They go from three wins to division champs. You have a first-year quarterback, first-year head coach. Their offensive coordinator is unfortunately probably going to leave for a head coach job because he's been awesome. Um, but you're looking at the future if you're the Houston Texans and what they've been able to do. Um, when you take that kind of leap in your first year, it's it's really a sign of success. And, uh, you know, with C.J. Stroud back there, he's he's been a rookie that's been able to make plays time and time again. You never know what can happen. Uh, Nico Collins is awesome. Uh, unfortunately, you would like to see Tank Dell on the field this week. Not going to happen. Um, they'll be back next year. And, uh, yeah, look out for the Texans here in the next you know four to five years minimum. 100%. Jason, what about this team do you think is a weakness coming in uh, to the playoffs here? Their strength is their weakness, youth. Um, so they're not experienced yet. So they once they get to the playoffs, they're going to struggle to know how to win. So I think that's going to be their biggest struggle. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think that in their offensive line. Um, and I think oh. coming into – they've given up like 47 sacks this season. So – quite a bit right not every sack is on the offensive line no no it's not it is 100 not but contrary to popular belief no it is not all the offensive line but i don't think they're a i don't even think they're a top 15 offensive line if i had to rank them in my personal opinion disagree or they're close they're close middle middle of the pack they have they have they have one they have two pieces that they really need in the center and the left tackle. All right. Does he play right or left? Larry May Tunsil. He plays left. Yeah. He plays, he plays left. And they, their right tackle wasn't that good last year. I think has taken better steps. 
They're middle of the road. They're middle of the road. Uh, coming in at number nine, we have the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this is a team that seems to be reeling, but I still think a team that has big strike ability. Jason, what are some of the strengths you see out of the Miami Dolphins? Closeness on offense specifically. I mean, they're the fastest team in the NFL by far, and it's not even close from one to do two deep. Like they probably have the fastest wide receiver, top three fastest wide receiver with when healthy, and then two running backs that can run under four four. So speed. Speed. I am speed. But what about this team, Jerry? Is is like, you know, they, they had some struggles coming down the back half. There was a point in the year where the Bills were 6-6 six and six and the Dolphins were 9-3 and three and the Dolphins ended up not winning the division. What is What has caused that downfall and do you think that continues in the playoffs and, and what is it, I guess, uh, to be more specific, that uh, limits the Dolphins' abilities in the playoffs here? Yeah, as fast as they are, really the only thing that slowed them down this year has been injuries. Um, and that's not getting better anytime soon. They still have Jalen Phillips out, Bradley Chubbs out. I think Xavier Howard is going to be out this week again. Out. Um, you know, Waddle and most are unlikely to play as well. So they just lost. Dan Ginkle. Um, yeah. Oh, I forgot about Van Ginkle too. Yeah. That's Van Ginkle's a huge out. piece. Um, yeah. So just lost a lot of pieces on offense that are, you know, that contribute to that explosiveness. And then the, you know, the edge rushers just aren't going to be able to get to the quarterback. And of course, yeah, they got Jalen Ramsey back, but you know, he's only on one side of the field. So look for the chiefs to try to expose that side of the, the other side of the field this weekend. Speaking of the chiefs coming in at number eight, we have the Kansas city chiefs. Ooh. <laughs> well, let's take that boo and let's make you talk about not boo, Jerry. What about the Chiefs? Uh, will allow them, and you said it yourself, they're going to be Super Bowl cha- well, in the Super Bowl, sorry, they're going to be AFC champions. What is it about the Kansas City Chiefs that will allow them to do that this year? Their defense is playing uh, at a Super Bowl caliber level right now. They are really hard to run the ball against they're really hard to pass the ball against they just keep everything tight keep everything in front of them they don't give up the big play and then of course Patrick Mahomes is going to be you know at the end of the at the end of the day could be the best quarterback of all time he's uh, you know number one in the NFL right now in my opinion he just has that ability to make plays out of nowhere and then you got Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift is going to be there. You know she is, unfortunately. So that gives him a boost. But Travis Kelsey, Pro Bowl year, he's um, obviously one of the best to ever do it. Hopefully won't see him back next year. But when those guys are on the field, they uh, they have a knack to make things happen. I know. Go ahead, Jason. The players even voted him all pro. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. That is pretty crazy. Uh <laughs> Having said all that, I think parlaying a little bit off of one of their strengths, which is Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes can only do one of the two things that Patrick that is required when throwing the ball. Jason, if you had to name a weakness of the Kansas City Chiefs, what would you say? What an alley-oop this man just gave me. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to dunk this, all right? Wide receivers catching the ball, all right? Because uh, they ain't been doing it lately. I mean... Yeah, Rashid Rice. Or, yeah, Rashid Rice looks good. Rashid Rice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. I think it's Rashid. Rashid. Rashid Rice. Yeah. Looks good. He can be a future piece, but other than that, nobody else has stepped up to the plate. So they're gonna have to have someone play and show up. 
Maybe they can find the Joe Flacco of wide receivers to come off the bench. I don't know, but they need somebody that can catch the ball. And right now they only have, I, I guess they have two options, but just don't throw MVS or, uh, Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony, thank you. The football, yeah. because it will end poorly. Yeah, Kadarius Tony being injured has been a plus for them the last couple of weeks. Massive plus. <laughs> Massive plus. Coming in at number seven, a team that has steadily moved up our ranks, the Los Angeles Rams, one of the hottest teams, especially offensively, right now in the NFL. And again, I'll I'll take this one just to kind of speed things up a little bit. But the the Rams off as far as talking about keys to why they can be successful, it is 100% their offense. They have a Super Bowl winning quarterback. They have a player at wide receiver who has won the Triple Crown. They have a wide receiver who is going to be a finalist for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Probably won't get it, though, in any other year would win that award. And they have a running back who is steadily becoming a top 10, if not top 5 running back in the NFL. Now, their weakness... Actually, what used to be kind of their their biggest strength when they did win the Super Bowl is their defense and defensive consistency. They're very young and they're very depleted on that side of the ball as far as what used to be their main talent. Having said that, they are they are still have put together a back half of the season that is as good as anybody else's. I mean, you're talking about a team that lost to the number one seed in the AFC off of a punt return. I mean, a team that beat the Browns pretty handily in Joe Flacco's first start. I mean, this is a very good ball club, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they make a deep playoff run. But coming in at number six, I think probably media-wise the most overrated team in the NFL. Personally, I believe this. Having said that, they still have one of the most elite quarterbacks in the NFL. That is the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, respectively. Jason, I know Josh Allen has been a point of contention among you and I about whether or not he's good. I always thought he was. You always thought he wasn't going to be. He's ended up being pretty good, but I think I also I still have significant concerns about him. What about the Bills is scary for the teams? Because a lot of the media is talking about this being number one team to watch out for uh, in the AFC besides the the uh, Baltimore Ravens. What's scary is that they haven't put everything together and are still in this position. So their running game has gotten so much better than it's been in the last two years, two, three years. Um, and you still haven't seen Josh Allen play his best game with that. So um, that's what's scary. I'll even double up and give you the weakness or what to worry about with the Bills. The Bills, I would believe their weakness now is, again, their strength, Josh Allen. Um, so if you if he goes out there and doesn't handle the ball well, turns over the ball, their defense I don't think is good enough to keep up with some of these teams. So, I think that's a good point. I think mm-hmm. their defense – is so depleted from injury that is it's going to be difficult to compete with some of these teams in the AFC. Uh, having said that, the team above them, switching over to the NFC, you have the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry, why don't you double up? Tell us both what makes the Dallas Cowboys a threat in the NFC, especially to the 49ers, and what is kind of their weakness that people can exploit? Well, their, their strength and their ability to be a threat comes from the offensive side of the ball. Dak Prescott is playing awesome football right now. They have a top five receiver uh, and CD Lamb right now who is just having a monster year. They have a I guy, can't remember. Is, is he a number one? 
See a number one receiver. <laughs> so, did you did you see all that controversy? Yes, yeah. he's a yeah. slot receiver. He's not a true number one. Like, yeah. well, since, then, since then, he leads yeah. the NFL in receptions, touchdowns, and yards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Media, shut the hell up. He's a number one. All right, number one receiver in CD Lamb. He is having a monster year. They have a really really good tight end in Jake Ferguson, who's just consistently you know four or five catch a game guy. 50 to 60 yards can just get you the the down yardage that you need on any down tony pollard able to run the ball at will he's really good out of the backfield and uh catching situations as well um just really solid all around and then they have a guy and actually in the slot and brandon cooks who who's having a resurgence in his career he had a couple of down games this year but i mean he's had a couple of games you know he's absolutely exploded and then, of course, they have home field advantage up until the conference championship. Nobody's been able to beat them at home this year. They're going to exploit that. Jerry's World is the toughest place to play in football right now. No way anybody's going in there to beat them. Now, having said that, the defensive side of the ball has been questionable at times. They've given up some points that they probably shouldn't have. They're still really solid back there, but they have a couple of key injuries. And Trayvon Dix, who's been out all year, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, kind of give up a couple of big plays, especially to the Packers, who in Jaden Reed has that ability to do so. So it should be a good game. The Pack, the Cowboys should be able to make a deep run. I have them in my Super Bowl. I think they get there. That's uh, that's the Dallas Cowboys for you. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it on the head. I think the only other thing you could add in there for a weakness is their run game, especially up the middle. They got gashed for over 200 yards by a mm. Buffalo Bills team that was bottom half in the league in rushing yards. So if you can figure out how to run the ball consistently on them, you're going to be on for a long day. Coming in at number four, we have the Detroit Lions, a team that joins along with the Browns this is the first season in which both teams have had 11 wins. This is a, a, a franchise that has been starving for success for a long time. It seems like they've found it with Dan Campbell, Jerry Goff, this explosive offense and this culture that they've set of, of tough grittiness of biting people's kneecaps. I mean, that was literally <laughs> said in the press conference. It's bar for word, it's, bar for bar. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty fantastic. And, they are just really, 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 really fun to watch. Jerry, what about this team do you think is the most exciting and could lend to who I think will make it to the Super Bowl, but lend to the playoff run here? Yeah, their big playability, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield. I feel bad for Jameer Gibbs when they get inside the five-yard line because you know David Montgomery is coming in to take that touchdown. But yeah. They just they're, they're really freaking fast with Jameson Williams, Josh Browns, and Amon Ross St. Brown on the outside. Really, really, really sucked to see Sam Laporta go down last weekend. I hope he's able to get back. Looks like it's gonna be a couple of weeks um out, you know, minimum. But man, yeah, they are just exciting to watch on offense. They have just consistent big playability. They can break it open at any time, and uh I think they they will have a they'll have a fun time doing that in the playoffs. I think so, but their weakness, Jason. What is it? 
Their weakness is consistency on both sides of the football, I would say. Um, you one game get Jared Goff, who looks like MVP caliber quarterback, and then the next game is throwing two interceptions and throws for 150 yards and, you know, loses you $1,000. But um, then on defense, I on defense, they, I think they play to their best ability every game. It's just they're, they're missing pieces here and there. They're not a full team yet. I mean, this was a team that had a top five offense and a bottom five defense last year. They only get a defensive end and a linebacker in the draft. They're not complete, but they play hard. Um, weakness, though, I would say is, again, consistency. I would have to agree, but they are one of the most fun teams to watch and the, probably this the first or second easiest team to root for in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number three, probably that other first or second easiest team to root for in the playoff is the Cleveland Browns. And again, I'll take this one, folks. Don't worry about it. <laughs> as far as uh, strengths, there has been one strength this entire season, and that has been the Jim Schwartz-led defense. We are the number one defense in the NFL. I don't want to hear anything about the Ravens. I don't want to hear anything about the Cowboys. I don't want to hear anything about the Chiefs. Okay, we are the number one defense, and I don't think it's particularly close. If you look at the statistics, we lead the NFL in third down uh, third down percentage, meaning we get off the field on third down faster than anybody. We have the least plays defended in the NFL this season. That's because teams come in, they get three and out, they punt the ball back to our offense. They have the least sustained drives out of anyone. If people point to the points given up, we lead the NFL with 37 turnovers. 37. Let that sink in. There's no team that gives the other team's offense the ball more than the Cleveland Browns and yet this defense has still kept us in games we've only team that has beaten the number one seed in both the NFC and AFC and that is again largely due to our defense I think another one of our strengths is on that offensive side Stefanski and Joe Flacco seem to be a match made in heaven they Mm. he knows how to call plays for him and Flacco has ran this offense for a long time. If you keep a clean pocket for him, he will dice you apart. We saw that against the Jets, who are a top five defense in the NFL, who the number two pass defense in the NFL, who he threw for 300 yards against in the first half without his best receiving target. So you combine that, you have a very powerful explosive offense with one of the best, actually the best defense in the NFL that lends itself to, uh, a deep playoff run. Now their biggest weakness is again, kind of back to the Josh Allen type situation. Joe Flacco ain't afraid to rip it deep and get it intercepted. And he has, while he's had thrown 13 touchdowns in five games and thrown for the most yards over that span, he's averaging 325 a game, which is absurd. Gosh. He also he averaging that much. Wow. He also has thrown eight interceptions and Now, part of that is a two-interception game against the Texans in which we didn't have a kicker. So a couple of them are, you know, you you could maybe take one or two of those away. But at the end of the day, our team likes to give the ball to the other team. And teams that lose the turnover battle in the playoffs most of the time do not win. So if we continue to turn the ball over, you could look for an easy exit or early exit rather. But if we can stop the turnovers from happening and limit those in the playoffs, you're talking about a team that can really compete to win the AFC and even the Super Bowl. So that's my diatribe on my Cleveland Browns. I want to say also, I there was reports that there was a players only meeting on Monday. And I don't know if many, and maybe it's just because I'm so hyper-focused on the Browns, but 
there were players that came out of that meeting who'd been playing in the league for a long time that said, this is the most impactful players meeting that they've ever been in in their lives. And the reason being, they're actually, I think to many people's potential surprise, uh, five Super Bowl winners on the Cleveland Browns right now and eight total rings among them. And at that players only meeting, the only people that were allowed to speak were the players who had won Super Bowls. And all of them had been integral parts to their winning Super Bowls. Obviously, the most influential being Joe Flacco being a Super Bowl MVP. But everybody that got up and spoke talked about what it takes to win the Super Bowl and what sort of prep is needed and how this locker room is primed to do so. And it just gets me excited and hyped. And I think that was a really cool story to come out. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Anything could happen. But it's just fun to see. Cleveland being one of these top teams in the NFL. So awesome. Anyway, number it's two. Awesome. What were you saying? I was Jerry? just saying it's awesome. Yeah, like, it's yeah. awesome. It's <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. And as someone Jerry who lives in Cleveland now, it's like Cleveland is a football town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, for as bad as we've been for as long as we've been. That dog pound is barking every Sunday. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's pretty it, cool. It's that. cool. It's cool also to to go to work and everybody's talking about it. Everybody's yeah. talking about it. Everybody's got Browns fever right now. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's cool. Even here in Columbus, everyone has Browns fever. So it's it's super <clears throat> exciting. It's super work, exciting. So side note, I work for a call center. Um, I took a call from a guy from Indiana. <laughs> and he's talking about the Browns in the backfield. <laughs> in the back of the call. I'm like, are you from Ohio? He's like, no, I'm from Indiana. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Let's go, baby. Browns going to the Super Bowl. But anyway, coming at number two, we'll finish up here. These two teams are the most complete teams in the NFL, and they've been that way for a long time on the top two of these power rankings for basically half the season. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers. Super quick here so we can wrap up this segment. Uh, Jerry, what about the 49ers makes them really good, and what do you see as a weakness? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Christian McCaffrey is really good at the game of football. He can do everything and anything. Uh, Brock Purdy is, is one hell of a quarterback too. I, you know, last, you know, Mr. Irrelevant last pick in the draft dude is one heck of a story. Um, been exciting to watch all year. And they, again, like the Detroit Lions have that big playability to bust it open at any time. Their only weakness all year long has been injuries that have killed them, especially specifically to Trent Williams, who is the most important piece of that offense. If he can stay healthy, 49ers are going to do some damage in the playoffs. And then at number one, we have the Baltimore Ravens. Jason, finish us out strong here. Give us a, give us what makes them great and what is a potential weakness? The motivation to win a Super Bowl by their one and only Lamar Jackson, probably your NFL MVP. Um, he got drafted. Everybody was hating on him to be um, a running back. He should change positions to a wide receiver. But he's like, no, I want to be a quarterback and go win a Super Bowl for this city. And uh, I think that motivation alone is going to drive this team forward. Their greatest weakness, I would say, um, is probably same thing for the Chiefs. Drop passes. Um, consistency with the catches. If they can't, Catch the ball from Lamar Jackson, they're not going to win. So um, defense is good. Offense is playing together and well. If they can't catch the ball, though, they're going to have some issues um, with some of these better defenses coming into the playoffs. 
Exactly. And again, these top two teams both have buys going into Super Wildcard Weekend. We'll go ahead and preview those games coming up, but let's take a quick intermission and we'll be right back. Well, welcome back to the Unnamed Sports Show. Again, I'm your host, Ryan. I'm joined here by Jason and Jerry. We hope you enjoyed the first half of our show. Please do not forget to like, subscribe, follow us on our social media at Unnamed Sports S. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm sorry, X. It's not called Twitter anymore, I guess. I don't know what we call it. But uh, please X go. videos. Please don't. <laughs> Jerry, oh. all right. okay. Like y'all talking about me? <laughs> yeah, y'all talking about me earlier. He's been he's been waiting on that one for a oh while. Oh my god! Oh my god! Jeez, right. um, oh, we're gonna, this is terrible. All right, we're supposed to be family fly, friendly baby. here. We will we will continue <laughs> to try and be family friendly. We're sorry for those who have been offended. Uh, having said all that, please don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a review comment if you will tell jerry why he's wrong on that comment that he just made mama craig yeah mama craig if you're watching (laughs) uh and then uh if after the show it'll go up on youtube as well as anywhere that you find your podcast so you can listen to us at any time again please don't forget to subscribe to us there as well moving on to this weekend again oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry let me back up I can't believe uh-huh. I did that. What what disrespect? Because it's time for actually the second longest running uh, segment on our show. It is Jason's Moonshot Bet. Jason, take it away. All right, my people, my dreamers, to my believers, we're going to do it this time. Yeah, you might look at that record and you see 0 and 9 and you don't have trust, but trust in this. Um, it's a little bit late for some of these games, but there is a live bet, 30% on FanDuel right now. No promo, um, but we gonna give it to you. And uh, to go with it, it is plus 4,104. We have Scotty Barnes, young player for the Toronto Raptors, going for 19.5 plus. Um, since the game started, it might be. Oh wait, Actually, no, that game's up kind. Yeah, I so, just checked. Both of these games don't start until 10 o'clock, so you good. You good. <laughs> I used my brain this time. I forgot about that. So, both these games are after 10, um, so you guys got plenty of times. Let's get this in. Scotty Barnes again, 19 and a half. Right now. <laughs> there you go. Scotty Barnes, 19 and a half. Check. Uh, Paul George, 20 plus. Check. We got Palsiakum, four yard rebounds. Man averages six. Check. Uh, RJ Barrett, four plus rebounds. Last three games, 10 rebounds, six rebounds, four rebounds. So that's a check. Um, Kawhi Leonard, four rebounds, the claw. Why do you think they call him the claw? Because he'd be grabbing. Check. <laughs> RJ Barrett, 20 plus points. Check. Last two games, been over 22, I believe. Um, Pau Siakam, 15 plus points. Highest scoring player on their team. Has dropped off a little bit due to the new additions. But he's still going to get his. That is for that game. The next game for you will be the Nuggets versus the Utah Jazz at 10-10. We have Nikola Jokic. Probably second right now in MVP favorites. We're going to make sure we hit his props. 20 plus points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Ryan, one more time for me. What's that behind my ear? Oh, is that... (laughs) 
What's the check? What's a check? All right. Jamal Murray, second best player on the field. 20 plus points. Yeah, that was great. Anyways. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I'm done with it. All for the magic. Uh, Laurie Markkinen, best player on the Jazz. Going to get 15 plus points. We just threw that in there to add a little some, some, some extra to it. Um, all those going to hit. $10 wins you a 410. I put it in a little bit more, but <laughs> to the moon. Here we go. And again, please remember to bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Only bet what you can afford to lose. But Jason, I got a good feeling about this one. I like it. 0-9, that doesn't mean anything. We were trying to go 1-0 and this week. That's all we're trying to do. We're just trying mm-hmm. to go 1-0. Urban and said think, it the best. I think. What did he say? He said, bet Jason, because he'll probably be right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this no. has been Jason's Moonshot Bet of the Week. Go ahead and run that graphic again. Help me. Well, I can't believe I started that off by not remembering to include JJ's Moonshot Bet of the Week. But now we're back on to football. It's time to talk about Super Wild Card Weekend. And we have an amazing slate. We start off with the Browns at the Texans. Browns minus two and a half. This one is going to be interesting. The Browns and Texans have already played this year. All right. The Browns defense... Uh, got the luxury of playing against C.J. Stroud, and their offense had the luxury of not having to block Will Anderson or uh, their leading sack getter, whose name is escaping me right now. Can anybody help me out? Uh, one second. While Jerry's looking that up, his name, uh, he got injured quickly in that game, and uh, so it led to zero sacks on Flacco, the only game he hasn't gotten sacked in. And... It was just an absolute bludgeoning. The score was a 14-point game, but that's much closer than what the actual this game was. With our starters in, we we were up 36-7 to before we pulled our starters, and their seven points came off a kickoff return for a touchdown. Jonathan I mean, Greenberg. Thank you. Uh, so, But, again, they didn't have three of their best players, so it wasn't the best sample size. We also get Grant Delbeck. Del Pitt back potentially for this game, which would be huge uh, for our secondary. Here's our second leading tackler, even though he missed the last four games of the season. It will be a fun one to watch. Jason, what do you see happening in this one? I see a defense winning championships, and uh, the defense for the Browns is the best in the NFL, as you have said, as I have said, as everyone should be saying. Um, Joe Flacco is also going to provide experience in his uh, with his old Super Bowl run with the Ravens. Um, is going to be able to get this team to perform its best, I think, and go out there and win this game. Jason or Jason, sorry, Jerry. What is the what do the Texans have to do if they do want a chance to win this game? Uh, they just gotta. Eyes. They just gotta control control the ball. I mean, if they can hold on to the ball, if the, if CJ Stroud can put a couple of big plays together, which Jason's already said, the Browns defense just does not give up the big play. But man, CJ Stroud's just gotta play like CJ Stroud has played all year long. If he can play like that at a you know, at one time an MVP caliber level, they'll have a chance. I mean, I think it's kind of crazy that they're dogs at home. I know the Browns are very good, but I think the Texans are better than what people are giving them credit for. I think the reason being is that 
the two times the Texans have played a defense that's in the realm of the Cleveland Browns have been the Jets and the and the Ravens, and both times C.J. Stroud has struggled mightily in those games. Mm-hmm. I think that, and I think the Browns are better than both those teams' defenses. Uh, I think. Baltimore plays a certain style, and that was his first game, so I don't know if you can really count that one. But the Jets, kind of similar to the Browns, with not quite the same pass rushing attack, have locked down corners on the outside. They end up in a lot of cover two and a lot of man, and that's what the Browns are going to be playing. And they completely dominated the Jets or the Texans in that game before, even before CJ Stroud got injured. So I think mm. that's why Browns are getting the benefit of the doubt on the road. But it's going to be a tough out, no matter what. For e- either way, but either t- whatever, whatever team wins, is is going to have to uh, really put it together. Uh, who do you see winning this one, uh, Jerry? Oh, just uh, winning. You I mean, you can say with or against the spread if you want. But who, who's winning? I will say whoever wins this game is going to be my AFC team that I'm rooting for. So there's that. But I'm going to give it to same. I'm going to give it to the Cleveland Browns. Simply because of the fact, Jason, of what Jason said earlier, they're just more experienced than the Texans. Um, Texans Taking the points? No experience on that side of the ball. Give me the points. I think by a touchdown. Jason, what do you think? Agreed. Browns, give me the points. And I'm going with the over as well. Even with the Browns defense, I'm still going with the over. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns. I think this is a two-point. I think the Texans cover, actually. I think it's a last-second field goal, and Hopkins isn't playing, so it's going to be our backup, and we're going to be sweating, and I think we're going to be down one or two, and I think we're going to kick it to win, and it's going to be like a a 17 to – I guess that would be a weird one. Uh, I'm guessing like a 23 to 21 type game. You know, and right at that over, I guess that would be right at the under number. But I think it's going to be real tight. I think it's going to be a good game. I think what's going to happen is the Browns are going to look like the more dominant team for 90% of the game. But the Texans are going to find a way to get two, three really big plays, whether that be a pick six, whether that be a long pass from Stroud to Nico Collins, whether that be Damian Pierce running back another kickoff for a touchdown. I think that. The Browns will smother, smother, smother one big play. And that that seems to be also how the Texans have won a lot of games this season as well. So I can't wait to watch. It's going to be so fun. And what a kickoff to Super Wildcard Weekend. Coming up on exclusively on Peacock, after the Browns take on the sex, Texans, we have the Dolphins at the Chiefs. Chiefs four-point favorites in this one. You're talking about a team, two teams that seem to be kind of struggling uh, in different areas, Dolphins mainly in the injury department. Chiefs receivers don't know how to catch a football. Uh, Chiefs still favored by four at home. You're talking about the defending Super Bowl champions. Jerry, what do you see out of this game? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be one of the coldest games in NFL history. I think the actual temperature is going to be zero degrees with a wind chill of like negative 10, negative 15. There's no way the Dolphins are going to be able to play in that. They live in Miami, dog. Come on. Chiefs all day long. It pains me to say it. Chiefs are going to run the ball. Patty Mahomes is going to make big plays. I think Travis Kelsey is actually going to have a really big game. I'm thinking 100 yards plus. Uh, It's just going to be one of those games that the Chiefs just control the ball. Don't give the Dolphins any time to make plays. And uh, yeah, Chiefs are going to exploit also their their edge rushers being injured. They're just going to Isaiah Pacheco on the outside just all day long. 
What do the Dolphins, Jason, need to do to be able to compete with the Chiefs, be able to beat them, and and honestly conquer that excellent defense that the Chiefs do have this year? Pressure does not have to only come from the edges. Yes, it's easier to get it from the edges, but Christian Wilkins and I, Seitler, I can't remember his other the other guy's name, but um, they have to get pressure. Um, the defense is going to have to get creative with some blitz packages. You can get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. It's a lot harder to... Um, he's going to have a lot harder of a time this year than previous years to be able to make crazy plays and get the ball to receivers. It'll be interesting. I will say, remember who the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins is. Uh, Vic Vangio likes to blitz a lot. They're the number two blitzing team this year. So if they're able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes where he has to rely on -on one-on-one coverage with guys that can't catch the football, it might be a recipe for the Dolphins to win. But Jason, go ahead. What's your prediction for this one? Who do you see winning? Give us the points. Give us the win. What do you think? Give me Miami. I have Miami beating the spread. Um, Also to win the game. Definitely definitely go over on this game because uh, there should be a lot of throwing the football in this game. Um, I'm going to go the over Dolphins win this game 28 to 21. Jerry, same question. I agree. I agree with the over. Yeah. Well, I agree with the over. I agree with the Dolphins covering. Give me the chiefs to win the game. I think it's a field goal game at the end. 26, 23. Chiefs. I like it. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the Dolphins as well. I think the Chiefs are pretenders this year. I have Part of it's also based on uh, the Dolphins are sort of an up-and-down team, and they've been down in back-to-back weeks. I think they find a way to be on top. And I think the Chiefs have – I've watched the Chiefs. They've looked really good in about two games this year. They've looked really good in the Bears game, and that was before the Bears actually had a solid defense. And – they looked good against uh, the Chargers, who are terrible. So I think you have a team that doesn't really have, I don't think, any confidence going into this playoffs. I think the Dolphins, at the end of the day, still have some confidence. They still have some swagger. The Chiefs, to me, just seem seem dead, honestly. That's that's my opinion of the situation, and and I think the Dolphins end up getting the W moving on to the Sunday games at in the one o'clock window. We have the Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Bills favored by 10 points. Some spread. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. But uh, it's a, I don't know if that's like stealing or not, but whatever. It's still funny. Um, it's a 10 point spread. Uh, I think the Bills have been, again, as I talked about, one of the most overhyped teams, but they have been hot coming in. They've won a lot of games in a row to be able to get where they are. Uh, And that is a division win for the fourth straight year and the ability to host potentially multiple playoff games if they were to win. Uh, Jason, what about this game? How do you see it going? What are some of the key characters in this matchup? The Steelers can't keep getting away with this, right? So key ma- key importance, obviously, is going to be Josh Allen not turning over the football, running the football well against the Steelers. They're missing, they're probably going to be missing T.J. Watt, so that you're going to have less pressure on you. 
Um, so can the Bills get pressure on the Steelers with a an inexperienced Mason Rudolph and uh, could be able to cover these uh, the talented wide receivers, but again, receivers that aren't consistent. Um, so I see the Bills winning this game. Ten points is tough for a team that I don't think has been shown that their full potential yet. So I don't think they get to a minus 10 spread, maybe three to seven area. Um, honestly, probably like four to three would be my guess, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I got the bills. But so not you're covering. taking the bills, but Steelers to cover. Correct. All right, Jerry, go ahead and give us your rundown of the game and also uh, who you think is going to win. Uh, I disagree. I think the bills are going to absolutely dominate this game. Uh, give me the bills to win give me the bills on the points give me the over because i think the bills hit that by themselves i'm thinking they win by like 20 points i i think this is josh (laughs) allen josh allen breakout game the steelers are not a good team there's a reason they were in the bottom of our power rankings this week without tj watt they are not going to be able to get any pressure on josh allen they're not going to be able to force josh allen into bad situations and james cook is going to be able to run the ball all over them give me the bills alternate spread 19 and a half (laughs) Uh, first of all I love that because I hate the Steelers I think this game comes down to a lot about playoffs I think come down to a couple different things I think it is which team can can execute their fundamentals kind of at the highest level that aren't making the mistake that the team that executes I I know it's all cliche whatever but it's a team that the moment isn't too big for them and they can execute. And I think the other team is togetherness. The team that's locker room is the tightest and that's had the most belief in each other. And I think in this case, the bills are significantly better in both aspects. I think you saw a Steelers team that at one point was pretty much ready to give up on the season when they had lost to the Patriots and Cardinals back-to-back games. And you had Najee Harris calling out players in the locker room. You had wide receivers not blocking and jumping over defenders to make sure they don't roll their ankles and on the flip side you have a bills team that went through some controversy this year with their head coach and all the players backed their coach and they came out and dominated to come down to the end of the season especially good teams like the cowboys so i think you just have a much more solid locker room and a much more solid uh love for each other as far as the players go on the Bills side. And because of that, I think they win and cover. Moving on. Now we have the two main storylines of this playoff, starting with the Packers at the Cowboys. Cowboys seven and a half point favorites at home. Pretty much what everyone expected. Jerry, give us a little bit of a rundown of what you see happening here, as well as who you think is going to win this one. Cowboys at home. Cowboys undefeated. Cowboys stay undefeated. Dak Prescott. It's going to have 350. CD Lamb, 190. It's going to be one of those games. He is going to absolutely torch that Packers secondary. Yeah, they, it was some, some I, solid I'm telling you, man, it, it's going to be one of those weekends. I, there's going to be a lot of good games this weekend, but I think the, the last game, the Steelers, Steelers and Bills and the Packers-Cowboys games are the two games with the most disparity on both sides of the ball. The Cowboys are just a stronger team they're a better built team i wouldn't say necessarily better coach because i don't think mike mccarthy is a coach i think he's kind of an idiot but that being said dak prescott is mvp caliber guy jordan love is good 
he's still young still has a little little bit of stuff to work on here so give me the cowboys on the points i think the overheads i think both teams actually do put up a lot of points uh but the cowboys are just gonna just gonna torch the packers interesting i love the 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 significant and very assertive uh predictions out of you this week jerry it's great it is absolutely great jason and they're how correct do you see... by the way oh uh, well we'll be the judge of that is crazy. next <laughs> wednesday 350 is crazy we gotta write um, all this stuff down we're gonna have to remember what you said so i'll just i'll clip it up put me on blast dog put me on yeah. blast Oh, our blooper reel is going to be insane. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 350 is crazy. But they are going to absolutely demolish this team. Like, I would like to see the minus 10 spread on this game. Um, again, the at home, the Cowboys are good. They're going to they're gonna throw for a lot. I could see, like, 300. Um, definitely see CD Lamb having probably one of his better games as well. Um, yeah, no, they, they definitely win at least by at least – at least by two touchdowns. At least by two touchdowns. Um, nothing the Packers can do on defense to stop this team. And then um, I think that you'll see the ability to run the football um, once they're up and finish this game out. So, Yeah, the easy. only thing I would – I think that the Cowboys definitely outmatch the Packers. But there's something about this Packers offense that is really, really explosive and really good. And Jordan Love has a lot of confidence – I honestly think it's a much closer game than that seven and a half. Personally, I think the Cowboys do win. I think at the end of the day, they're at home and they're a very good team, but especially at home, but I think the Packers give them a little bit of run in the money, especially with Aaron Jones being back to full health and Mm -hmm. being able to run the football. I think that adds to it. But at the end of the day, uh, I think the Cowboys still win. So it, it, it is, all of this stuff is going to be fantastic in the playoffs. And we're ending with probably if the Ravens Browns meet in the AFC championship, that would be the only storyline greater than this uh, Sunday night matchup between the Rams and the lions. The lions are three point favorites at home, which is interesting because a lot of the money is on the Rams. There's a lot of money on the Rams right now, even though the Lions are favored by three. Jason, what does Vegas know that we don't? How do you see this one going? Who do you think wins? The Lions win this game. I think the, like you were saying with your key points um, on uh, how to win in the playoffs, they have the most togetherness out of anyone, I think, in the whole NFL. So I think they put together a good game. The Rams are going to fight. Um, it'll it'll be close. Definitely a very close game. I think right around that 50 mark, I mean, like probably like 21-24 would be my guess. Um, but it, it, it'll be close to that. Um, but I think this is a hard-fought game, definitely. But Lions come out victorious because they are together and playing as one. And that 21-24 would be an exact wash on the spread. Is that what you think? Probably something like that. Yeah. Yeah, wash. it is. You're calling the wash on the spread? I'm calling the wash. All I'm right. calling the wash. I like it. I like it. Make sure. Right there. Don't write that down, Jerry. <laughs> who, who wins this one? And uh, what do you see happening? Yeah, I think the spread was two and a half yesterday, and it moved to three this morning when I checked it. So I don't know. There's something to something to be said there. 
I agree with Jason. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tight game. It's gonna be really tight. Um, this is, I think this is gonna be the best game of the weekend. Uh, I think it's gonna honestly be a last second field goal wins this game. Whoever has the ball last wins this game. Um, I think it's gonna be a little more high scoring than Jason's predicting. I think, I think the winner gets to thirty. I think it's gonna be like. 28 30 so i think the over does hit but i think it's going to be pretty tight um i think it's going to be one of those games both teams come out explosive in the first like the first half both teams gets like 21 20 you know 21 17 in the first half and then it kind of slows down as the game goes on like i said whoever has the ball last ends up winning the game so again give me the uh man it's a tough one but i think the lions pulled out at home for their first uh first playoff game in quite a while but give me the rams on the spread i like it now having considering the i have the lions in the super bowl with the browns the lions are obviously winning this game i don't think dan campbell i think if you can be sure on one thing the lions will be ready to play I think he's going to have everyone motivated. I think they're going to be flying around out there. I think the only issue that they could have is something that Jason brought up earlier is one of their weaknesses, and it is their defense and their inconsistency on defense. And it's not even so much like super bad play. It's just they don't have the guys back there that can compete uh, necessarily with players like Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams up front. You know, I mean, they got Aiden Hutchinson. They have a decent defensive line, but but yeah. their team revolves around their offense. Having said all that, I think the Lions win. Actually, I think they cover, but I think it's still a close game. I think it's going to be for, you know, within a touchdown, but I do think the Lions end up covering. That being said, they are getting uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson back this week, which is oh, okay. huge. That's, huge. that's is very huge, huge for their secondary. So It is massive. I didn't realize that. Well, that, that helps for sure. Um. But that wraps up our Sunday games. And Sunday is going to be a fun, fun day of watching playoff football. The playoffs are here, boys. And the last game. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? The last game of. We got to clip that and make that like our intro or something. But. uh, Well, can we do that for like every intro for. Like we have literally a playlist called Playoffs. That'd be cool. Um, The last game of. Soup. Super wild card weekend is the Eagles at the Buccaneers. Uh, that is Monday night. The Eagles are getting three points on the road in Tampa. How? I'm anyway, shocked. J- Jerry, what in what do you see happening in this game? It's interesting. I don't know whether or not them putting it on Monday night means that they're trying to be like, oh, everyone's really excited about this one, or people are like, yeah, oh, we're busy Monday night. We don't really care. We're not watching that one. I don't know. Interesting. I think you could have probably put the Packers Cowboys as the other primetime slot. But anyway, uh, what what do you see happening in this one? Uh, I do think it's going to be an exciting game to watch. Um, I think obviously a huge storyline is to see how the Eagles do back in the playoffs after making the Super Bowl last year. Obviously, they did not have the end of the season that they wanted. Failed to win the division. Slide into that fifth seed and have to go on the road in the playoffs. How they are favorites on the road. Beats me. Um, I think it has to do with Tampa Bay kind of reeling the last two weeks. Um, obviously, losing to the Saints did not look great and did not look good this weekend against the Panthers. Um, Baker Mayfield rolled his ankle last week, was injured, came back in because he's one tough son of a gun. We all know that. Give me the Buccaneers on everything. Give me Baker Mayfield dominating the Eagles defense 
the Eagles just suck, man. That team is not what they were last year. They were not they're not what they were at the beginning of the season. AJ Brown is a diva. He wants out of there. He's got that locker room in turmoil right now. Give me Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Give me the boys. Give give me all of it. Give me all of it. Give me Tampa. Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. The one thing I will say. Not the, so fast, my friends. All right, Lee. Uh, the one thing I will say that I find interesting. Okay. Now, again, you can't always extrapolate this out because the Buccaneers lost to the Eagles and the Browns beat the Texans and blah, 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 whatever. Having said that, the Buccaneers and Texans played earlier this year, and it was one of the most fantastic games of the season mm-hmm. where Baker Mayfield leads his team down to take a four-point lead with a minute left, and then C.J. Stroud then literally marches right down the field and wins with 10 seconds left on the clock. I mean, it was one of the most fantastic games, one of the most evenly matched games of the year, and that was right in the middle of, of C.J. Stroud's hot streak, potential MVP, all of this stuff, right? So a team like Cleveland is going to play that team and they're favored by three after winning uh, four of the last five games. Or I'm sorry, four of the last six games, but I don't count the Bengals game because those are all of our backups. The Eagles are favored against the other team in that matchup by three points when they've lost how many uh, of the last five games. It's pretty absurd to me. But anyway, just food for thought. Interesting to, to parse out. Having said all that, Jason, how do you see this one going? Who wins? I'll do it. I'm doing it. Listen, three things we want to take from this. They suck, dude. They suck. Player, they do suck. Hear me out, though. Player only meeting. You have a guy like Jason Kelsey probably retiring after this game. I think you're going to get the best te- game that these guys have played since they've won. (laughs) They won a game, right? So another thing that I want to add on to how to win in the playoffs is your best players stepping up and playing their best games. So A.J. Brown, Jason Kelsey, the whole offensive line. Their whole offensive line has not looked the same since the beginning of the year. I think they step up, they come together, play as a unit, um, and that just boosts the whole t- offense in general. Um, hopefully with um, – did Jalen Hurts play last week? He did. He got he yanked. Dislocated. He got hurt though, right? He dislocated his finger. Okay. He came back in and got yanked because they sucked and lost. To the no, Giants. they got no. He because yeah. all their players got hurt and he had dislocated his finger. His finger. Yeah, agreed. Um, that sucked. being said, uh, that being said, again, I think you're going to get the best game out of these guys. They win this one barely. They cover obviously. Well, they win by they win by a field goal. I think again. I think this, this is a game that'll come down to the end, um, and they end up winning. Two washes uh, for the the spread for Jason tonight. Pretty interesting. But uh, give me the Eagles as well. Or I'm I'm sorry. What is wrong with me? Give me the Buccaneers as well. Is what I meant to say. Uh, I'll do the old the, the Pat McAfee where I the Eagles fly. Eagles fly. But give me the Buccaneers. But no, I think uh, I think I think Baker Mayfield is playing too well right now. Uh, he's not playing particularly great. Him like in the last couple games. But what I mean by that is like there was a moment in the Panthers game where 
uh, he got hit a little bit after the whistle. And Tristan Wirfs was ready to literally take his, like, I don't care how suspended I get. Like you're, I'm beating the crap out of you. Like that's how much respect that they have for him in this locker room. He's extremely tough. He's very gritty. And I think that their team kicks the dog while it's down. The Eagles just, they're, they're just in shambles and they've limped their way into the playoffs because they started so hot, but I don't think they do anything. I think they're one and done. And that is our wrap up for for wild card weekend i can't wait to watch it i really can't this is the most excited i've been for a playoffs since 2020 i wonder why uh but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun um it's gonna be awesome there's some other well yeah absolutely absolutely uh there was some other switching gears a little bit championships and playoffs that concluded this weekend and that was the national championship the michigan Wolverines, uh beat the uh washington husky oh geez did you have to make it that big oh, big dude it's so gross in the, the word oh <laughs> no no, no, Michigan no, no. defeats Washington in the Wumbo Bowl. And uh, <laughs> uh, I guess we kept it set to M for many. And Michigan <laughs> ended up winning the game. Jerry, what in this game was exciting to you? I think for me personally, I thought Washington, they beat themselves. And then Michigan finally at the end of the game were able to take advantage. But what other key things did you see happen in this one? Yeah, this this Michael Penix that played on Monday is not a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, the Michael Penix that played in the semifinals against Texas is a Heisman Trophy winner. That's the biggest difference. Also, Washington <laughs> Washington didn't know that halfback dive was a play in the playbook apparently because they couldn't <laughs> stop it. Three hundred and three yards on the ground for the Michigan Wolverines. Donovan Edwards. Donovan play. Edwards. Had three carries for like 90 yards and two touchdowns at some point in the first half. Unreal. Just if you can't stop the run, dog, you're not going to win a national championship. Unfortunately, like you said, Washington beat themselves. Just Go find a new middle there. linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for real. Go find a new middle linebacker. That man looked That's lost. Portals yeah. <laughs> that man looked Hello. lost. Drop balls. Michael Penix had a couple of missed throws. And yeah, unfortunately, just Michigan just ran it down their throats, man. It was insane. Go ahead, Jason. Pressure. They were able to get consistent pressure on Michael Penix. That man was beat up by the end of the game. Probably had a couple broken ribs. That man was fighting for his life. All right, fight for my life. <laughs> like I mean, that's what they did against Jalen Miller. That's how they beat Alabama. Exactly. I mean, that's it, even against "quote unquote" the best pass passing offensive line in the nation, they were able to get pressure. So um, I think that's kudos to recruiting that um, Harbaugh has done in the last couple of years in getting um, key pieces in depth um, settled. So congrats to the team up north. Yeah, and the, the two things I'll say, the first being uh, in response to the to the pressure they were able to get on Michael Penix and Jalen Milrow in the playoffs and the semifinal as well as the, the national championship, they don't have an Aiden Hutchinson. They don't have 
you know, what Ohio State had a while ago, like in the Boses or whatever. They don't have someone who's getting to the quarterback in 2.5 seconds. But they all rush in their lanes, and their interior drives those centers and guards back into the lap of the mm-hmm. quarterback, which just forces someone like Penix, who is so good at manipulating the pocket, especially the edge rushers, and stepping up into his throws. He has nowhere to go. So you saw a little bit of that. I think the other big thing, sort of the 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 momentum of the game was kind of the same as the the semifinal in that Michigan got out to a hot start and they they were very downhill they were very they looked to be dominating in that first quarter and then Washington starts to gain a little bit of momentum back and this is exactly what happened with Alabama in the half and especially into the third quarter and in this one I thought more in the back end of the second quarter I really thought that that Washington was going to make a run and tie this game. And what ended up happening, their defense gave them, I want to say, five or six opportunities to go in and potentially tie this game. And every single time it came down to Penix either overthrowing uh, a the, – the three big ones that stick out in my mind are the Penix overthrow on the first, the first big drive. There was a big massive drop. And then there was a completed pass for about 60 or 50 yards, but came back from a questionable holding call. And that right there was three opportunities you could have gone down and scored. One of them was a walk. If Penix doesn't miss a Roma Dunzier, that's a walk-in touchdown. A walk-in touchdown to tie the game. But but it ended up not happening. Michigan is able to hold on and win eventually in very convincing fashion and they are the national champions so i guess congratulations or whatever no big 10 though you know yeah. both and, teams and all especially exactly. now in the big 10 yeah go big 10 would have been yeah. really cool to see the pac-12 win the national championship in their last in the year. last year yeah it would have been fun but alas that's not what happened in other big news i think the only other big news well real quick Oh, still in Michigan. Is Jim Harbaugh leaving? Yes or no, Jerry? Yeah, I think he's he's done what he you know set out to accomplish, win a national championship, get Michigan back on top. He's heading to the NFL. He's got to he's got to one up his brother. Jason. He doesn't have to one up his brother. He has to run away from these allegations before you go <laughs> catch the beast. <laughs> yes, he's going to the NFL. Um, unfortunately, I think uh, if he didn't have these cases around him. He would. I'm not unfortunately, but for Ohio State fans. Um, but yeah, he's he's gone. He's gone. Thank goodness he is gone. It makes me very happy. Uh, he will finish if he does leave his tenure at Michigan with a losing record against Ohio State, which makes me extremely extremely happy. He will finish three and five. So. Pretty amazing stuff there. Good riddance and congratulations <laughs> to Jim Harbaugh. The only other really exciting and exciting, I say, in the sense that it's big news in college football is, I don't think we have a re, uh, graphic for this one because I just found out, but Nick Saban is officially retiring. He will no longer be the head coach for the Crimson Tide after 17 years Another one to celebrate about in some sense, I will say, though, probably the greatest college football coach of all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, six national championships. Is that right? Six is correct. Six, yep. Six national championships and made it to several others. You're talking about a guy who has put Alabama as the team 
to be. I mean, honestly, without Nick Saban's previous experience, do you think that Alabama makes it into the CFP this year? Probably not. And oh, no. oh everybody and, counted them out after they lost to Texas. They thought the season was over. Lo and behold, he's back in the playoffs playing against Michigan and yeah. had a very, very near, good chance to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. Could have won that game. And uh, so it's it's in some respect, it's a celebration of an amazing career of the greatest college football coach of all time. And it's sad to see the the peak, the best, the greatest, the GOAT uh, retire, um, but while he's on top. So, yeah. What a what a career. What a career salute to you, but good riddance to all of our ops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch out for them Buckeyes. We're back, baby. Yeah, we're back. Um, yeah, I heard that's why he's quote-unquote retiring. He's going to come be the uh, head coach for the Buckeyes. No, I'm just kidding. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. He's like, got to go back to my alma mater. Got to go. Yeah, exactly. Got to go back. Uh, it's amazing if you think about it, how many people have gone through both the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Cleveland Browns yeah, and have had so much success in their career. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible, but incredibly painful, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but... Congratulations to Nick Saban on a great career. Congratulations again to Michigan. And I can't wait for the super wildcard weekend this weekend. Uh, it's it's going to be amazing. Hopefully the Browns continue on to the divisional round. Uh, but uh, this has been our show this week. We appreciate everyone for joining. Uh, we hope to see you again next week. Again, please don't forget to like, subscribe, follow us on our social media. Tell us why we're right. Tell us why Jerry's wrong. You know, it's, it's going to be uh, a fun weekend. Uh, be, be, bring before me we go, heat. before we go, shout out to Pete Carroll as well. Oh yeah, yeah, we didn't mention. Yeah, we, didn't we didn't really didn't talk about any. Yeah, we can talk about that. I think once Another the off season starts, there's a lot of a lot more compelling football to be played before we we settle. I think on people that got fired on Black Monday, but um, there's gonna be a lot I, more to come to it. Yeah, there's gonna be oh, more yeah. to come, yeah. and it's been uh, a plethora of firings. But anyway, uh, we'll talk about that at a later date. We will see you guys next week again. Please don't forget, like, subscribe, follow us at Unnamed Sports S. We're on social media, and we hope to see you next week. Thanks. Peace out. Later.